Well, I'm going to use what, just what I said off air, uh, guys, because um, I don't need the heating on this evening because that definitely got very heated. Probably the most heated episode we've had so far. But it's fair to say we've got diverse opinions, which is always good on a podcast. And um, it'll be interesting to see other people's uh, thoughts when they come in. And we have got questions later from people that have sent them in for us that we will go on later. Um, so Frank Lampard next. He's got Morecambe in the FA Cup, lads. Um, we hinted on formation. Do you think this is now a perfect opportunity for him to almost draw a line under it, start again, maybe have a trial and error process. Obviously, we're going to naturally see some rotation in the squad, but do you think this is a perfect platform now to kick on, regardless of what people think about Frank Lampard? Uh, Ollie, kick us off. Yeah, well, 100%. I'd hope so. He would look at the formation. And as we touched on before, try something different. I mean, me and Charlie both feel 4 2 one would get the best out of the players. So maybe just give it a go. Maybe have Havertz and Cam. See how it works. Um, you know, it may, I know playing Werner again after that, but it, it would be a good game for Werner. You know, potentially get a goal. Just get him going again. Just get that goals get ticking. So, yeah, I, w- I would love to see a change of formation. I, I hope he does, but uh, we shall see. Charlie, floor is yours. Yeah, yeah, mate, I agree. Look, this is, regardless of formation, this is a game we should be comfortably winning. There shouldn't be any issues yeah. in this match whatsoever. Um, um, yeah, I agree with, with what Ollie's saying, mate. Look, it's a perfect opportunity to try something different. What I do think, though, is obviously we've got a lot of big players struggling at the moment. Um, and I think, I agree, it would be a good game to play Werner. His confidence is through yeah. the floor. Yeah, I know it's a poor opposition, but just to get those goals again, just from anywhere... Yeah. It'll be a great opportunity for him. And I think it's a good opportunity for Havertz as well to play and just get some confidence, whether it's assists, goals, or just like playing really well. I think it's exactly. probably important that those two do actually play. Um, and then, yeah, there'll be multiple changes. I expect like players like Gilmore to play. Um, Keppel will probably come in goal. There'll be quite a few changes. But yeah, it's a perfect opportunity to try something new and just get some confidence into those players that are struggling at the moment. Um, but yeah, whether that remains in the long term, we'll have to see. But yeah, definitely try something new and we should be it should be a formality, this one, really. Even even on our poor form, shouldn't be any problems here. It'd be nice to see Havertz working off Werner, wouldn't it? It would be just but just in behind in a in a cam role. Because you could see those two working real really well together. You know, they've got the international connection. I I I'd personally love to see that. I don't know what your your boys' thoughts on that. No, mate, yeah, I, nice think, yeah. I like that. I think, you know, them uh, well, like you alluded to, that being German nationals together, yeah. I think. They, they must have that that chemistry from playing with the national team, definitely. So I would lo- I would love to see that, and I think that's probably what the the plan is long term. Mm. You probably have to say they're the two biggest signings that we've made. So I think it's just like you say, it's just how Frank doesn't know his best team, and he's trying to fit people in. Um, yeah, I, I I think one thing, even though we disagree on the Frank Lampard thing, I think one thing we can agree on is the four two three one. I think it's perfect yeah. for you know Kante, who has been. In my opinion, I think he's been one of the worst performers in terms of what yeah. he, he is capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, giving away the ball cheaply. Seeing, I don't know what is wrong with him, but maybe it's that not knowing where he stands. So that 4-2-3-1 where he plays that defensive role and he knows that he doesn't need to pass the halfway line is, you know, that that could, you know, and then similar yeah. with Habits, you know, he plays that number 10 with a bit of freedom knowing he hasn't got to track back. I think at the moment... Players don't know their responsibilities. I don't, yeah, I, I, so I echo the four two three one. So that's a that's a good point from both of you. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I mean, Ko- and Kovacic alongside Kante in that holding role, you could see that working yeah. so well. And you know, if Havertz isn't firing, then Mount, 
I think he'd be great in Cam as well. And he's probably even better in Cam than he is in centre mid. So it, it'd be nice to see him do something. It's just if he does, isn't it? But there we go. <laughs> Well, we shall see if we uh, manage to get through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. It's not a foregone conclusion, Charlie. So uh, <laughs> at the moment, so we will see. But um, let's um, let's kind of review the the, the weekend roundup. Then let's start with uh, what could have been potentially before Sunday the, the, one of the biggest games of the weekend, which is an informal Aston Villa away uh, to Manchester United, who, as we all know, now sit joint top in the league, just behind on goal difference. A big game then, pretty close, but Manchester United seem to be having a complete U-turn in form and, and very similar to where where they were is where Frank Lampard probably is right now. So um, let's, let's, Charlie, you you start with that one. I mean, a, a big game, Villa turned up, but unfortunately Manchester United got the result in the end. Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's almost a bit of a role reversal, to be honest. You know, at the start of the season, Ole under mounting pressure, big pressure, some really poor results. Obviously, Palace battered them at Old Trafford. And the Spurs 6-1 hammering, scraping through games like, you know, Brighton when they get a penalty after the final whistle, etc. You know, things really weren't well. And now, you know, it just goes to show this season how quickly things change. You know, they're suddenly getting a bit of a run of form together. Yeah, you can argue, you know, yes, they've had a bit of luck. And yes, they've had decisions go for them. But when you're, when you're sort of on a roll, those things tend to happen. And at the moment, as much as we dislike it, they are doing, they are playing well. And they deserve to be where they are in the table. Um, I think Fernandez has been absolutely outstanding. You know, I think he's probably been one of the best signings made in a January window um, in terms of just impact and coming in straight. Particularly in January, it's really tough to come into a team partway through a season. Um, you know, and I think you, you've got to be of a top quality to make an instant impact, especially a massive football club like that. So he's been a massive plus for them. Um and things just seem to be going going their way, you know, getting like a the deflected winner in stoppage time against Wolves, you know, like the luck's going for them. And and hopefully it doesn't continue for much longer. But I think the pressure's probably dropped off Ole a little bit now. With the fact he's putting this run together and they're sitting joint top of the league as we speak. But obviously if they beat, if they avoid defeat against Burnley, then obviously they go top. So Things are looking a bit rosier for him. Yeah, there's probably still a few issues there, but the results speak for themselves. And it, at the end of the day, as we've touched on before, it is a results-based business and they are looking the part at the moment. Yeah, I had a hell of a stat. That I actually, I've stolen it from Sunday Supplement, but I wrote it down um, when it was aired yes, um, on Sunday, which was um, since Fernandez has come in, actually, if you look at the league matches that he's played, United would actually be um, three points clear from all the games that have been played between all the league teams. So it just shows the impact yeah. that he's had on a very mediocre team that was sitting, you know, mid-table to then if he was playing, um, they'd be three points clear at the moment. So that that's well, it's a crazy stat, even though his nickname definitely is Penandes after that, another penalty at Old Trafford. I couldn't believe it, to be honest, but... We'll he is a great player. He is a great player. But I, I do... Yeah. I. And we all know we all share the same views on Ole. He, he is a roller coaster, and I, I, <laughs> I, I honestly think he'll drop eventually. I know United fans are getting very, very excited, but there's a lot. I mean, was it like 21 games left to play? I mean, there's a lot of games left, and um, I, I can't see it lasting. I think the luck will run out eventually. You know that penalty against Villa wasn't even a penalty, was it? He tripped himself up. Yeah, ridiculous, and then. I know probably wasn't a pen, but we had a close call against City right at the start, and it doesn't even get looked at. So that is a very uh, good. Point. 
I, I do, I do, I do think a lot of run out personally. I do. They have, they have got some good players, but I think at the back, I don't rate, don't rate United at all at the back. Um, I think a lot of run out personally. I really do. Heard it here first on the Blues Brothers yeah. podcast. <laughs> run out. Uh, another game I wanted to touch on, Ollie. You can start on this one. Is um, last night's action. Bit of a surprising result. I mean, there's nothing so surprising about this season, to be honest with you, but um, a slight dent in Liverpool's title charge with a 1-0 defeat. Um, I, I didn't see the game, but I did watch the highlights. I saw Danny Ings' chip, which was, um, he's a he's a man on fire at the moment. But um, do you think, what? who are your, you know, now we've got you on, who do you think is going to win the league? And do you, you know, what were your thoughts on, in terms of the teams chasing Liverpool? Because do you think it's a foregone conclusion? Because, uh, statistics show that the team who's top at Christmas generally goes on to win the league. So do you think it's Liverpool's to lose or do you feel that there's a, there's still uh, plenty of time and other teams, maybe uh, Everton or Spurs to come in? I, th- I think Liverpool will win it personally. I think they've got the quality to do that, but it, it is one of those years. It's quite a topsy-turvy year. Um, and normally you wouldn't see, Southampton beating Liverpool 1-0. And it, it does sort of sum up this year how it has been. It's very unpredictable. I mean, God, who would have put United joint top? Potentially good going front. Look <laughs> 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 at the start of the season. It's just ridiculous. Um, and fair play for Leicester. You know, they're up there again. You know, it's yeah. it's done well. So, I, I do think it's... I think it is Liverpool to lose. I do. I, I think they're the team that can be more consistent than anyone else. Because I, like I said before, I, I do think Ole will eventually have his wobble again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you guys share my thoughts on him. And I, it's very hard to criticise him at the moment because Fairface and I said they are they are sitting joint top. But it, it's been swept on the carpet. They have the Champions League. Yeah. You know, you don't find a reason to get top four to go out in the group stage. You know, and speaking to like our United fan friends, they almost just don't acknowledge it. But you know, it's a big deal. You don't you don't fight all season to get top four and then just ignore that. Um, so I'm going to stop going on about United now, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, we, no. but I don't I don't think they're top title challenges. I think I think City will be on the rise now as well. So I, I think potentially you could sort of see a City Liverpool, but my my money's on Liverpool really. Charlie, still money on Liverpool. Well, mate, I back City at the start of the season. I'm going to stick with yeah, that. I yeah. think I think they're coming into a little bit of form now. Yeah, you know, they didn't start so great. They had a couple of poor performances and a couple of poor results, but they've still got games in hand. I think they've got a couple of games in hand, which will see them shoot right up there, only be maybe two, three points off it. Um, and I think they're coming into form at the right time. You know, they've got players coming back from injury, key players in Aguero, etc. Um, I think Liverpool if they're going to win the league this season, I think they desperately need to sign a centre-half in this window. Um, I think now, with the games coming thick and fast, you could get away with it for a few games, sort of having a centre-midfield player in centre-half. But when you happen to play Jordan Henderson at centre-half, like eventually your luck's going to run out and you're going to lose games. And this is what's happening to them. I think the injuries are probably catching up with them a little bit. In the forward areas, like, yes, they miss Jota, but, you know, they've got capable people to to fill in. Um, but at the back, you know, when you really ideally want a solid partnership, when you're switching between, you know, Matip or Engel every other game, you're dropping in Fabinho there and you're putting Henderson in and you're putting lads from the academy in. Like, yeah, you get away with that for one or two games. But I think if they don't add in the centre-half in this window, 
And I think the league, they'll be there or thereabouts, but I think ultimately that might be what costs them from winning it. It moves me on nicely, gents, to the January transfer window, which of course is open. Um, we've already alluded to, you know, Fernandez being probably the most successful January transfer window signing. But um, from a Chelsea point of view first, we know that we've got quite a big squad. Now, Frank Lampard was uh, quoted saying um, when questioned by, uh, I don't know who it was now, but a, a reporter that's saying he wants to trim down the squad before any incomings are in. Who are those players that are going to be trimmed out? Ollie, I'll start with you. Do, what would you like to see in terms of outgoings and um, your potential thoughts on any incomings in the window? Do you think we will see any? I, I don't think we will because we already did a big investment in the summer. You know, had Werner, Havertz coming up. I think just adding to it is, is going to get a bit messy. And we've got a huge... And I do... I think we probably do need to trim some of the fat down. There's a lot of players, isn't there? And a lot of good players, not great players, but good players. So almost better just trying to trim that down and getting some more world-class players in. Um, put me on the spot. Who are those players, Ollie? Who do we think? Christensen, probably. Yeah. Don't rate him at all at the moment. Brutal. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's been talks of Alonso, Marcus Alonso possibly wanting... Yeah. I think the, the, the yeah. question we've got, lads, is that obviously a lot of players want out, not because maybe of the the football they're not getting, but because of the Euros is around the corner. Mm. So um, there's been a lot of speculation over Giroud, whether he's, you know, he, he wants that last push to get first-team action, because a lot of these boys need first-team football, otherwise they're not going to be making their national team. So who list those players, Charlie and um, Ollie, who, who we think are going to be the ones going out. Um, mate, I think, look, yeah, we need to get rid of a lot of players. We've got so many players on loan that realistically we're still paying a percentage of their wage and we just need to get rid of them. You've got players like, I mean, I don't know who's going to take drink water, but he's like 100k a week still. I don't know who's going to yeah. take him. They're going to struggle to get anyone to get him off the books. It looks like we might just have to wait for his contract to run out on that one, which is drink water. <laughs> and then you look at players that are out on loan, you've got like players like Zappa Costa. Uh, Batshuayi, oh. all on big wages, all useless. Um, That's I think, what I should. Um, I think. I think in the current squad, mate, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they'll leave, but I wouldn't be surprised if people like Rudiger, even not necessarily a permanent, maybe a loan, because obviously he's quite prominent in the German setup. He's not played a lot of minutes at all this season. He'll be starting to think, well, actually, shit, am I going to make the Euros this summer if I stay here? It might be that he gets a loan somewhere to get some minutes under his belt. What I, I've, as I've said to you before, George, I, for me, Tamori needs to go out on loan. I don't understand yeah, yeah. why he didn't go on loan in the summer. He's not been at all. It's mad how Christensen's been used instead of him. I don't get that. Um, but yeah, outgoings, I expect players like um, Alonso to leave, Tamori on loan. I don't think, even if Jury wanted to leave, I don't think the club would allow it uh, because I don't think yeah. they'd be able to get someone in suitable to replace him on such short notice. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of those fringe players that just, you know, need to go. I personally get rid of Jorginho as well. I don't think he's up to it. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it really. But there's quite a few and the squad is too big. I'm, I'm conscious of time, gents. So we, we've obviously got the uh, big questions coming up. Um, so, Charlie, if you want to lead with the questions, because uh, we like to end the podcast, as usual, with uh, the questions that have been coming in over the coming uh, past few days. 
Um, so you can more than happily take the floor, maybe bounce one at Ollie uh, to kick us off, but we've got plenty to get through. So thank you for your questions for anyone who uh, did put a question in or listening. We, we, we try and answer them as best we can. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for sending them in, guys. We obviously enjoy doing this. So yeah, we'll keep sending them in and we'll answer them each week. Obviously, we probably touched on a couple of these already, but so try and keep these fairly quick fire. Um, this is all lives and butts at the moment, but if Lampard was to get sacked, who would you like to see replace him? Ollie? <laughs> George, I think it's George. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Very tough, isn't it? But um, I saw something new today. He probably wouldn't go, but I, I wouldn't mind Brendan Rogers at all. You know, you can see the quality there. He's, he's proven in the Premier League. You know, some of these foreign managers, you, can't, you are taking a big gamble, bring them in. Um, you've got players like Allegri and things like that. But for me, it'd be Brendan Rogers, I'd say. Um, what's your thoughts, George? Well, I'm not going to say Gary Neville after I got ridiculed <laughs> from my uh, England manager shout last time um, by a lot of people, <laughs> not just on you. So, uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Well, look, you know my thoughts, so I don't, I don't want him to go. But if I had to choose uh, someone, um, oh God, I mean, yes, I would like Brendan. Whether that's realistic, because he probably wants to yeah. stay. At, let's be honest, it's an unfinished. Oh. Oh. He took a big gamble leaving. Um, it was, it was Celtic, I think he yeah. left, and you know he could have easily stayed in that cushy job, winning, you know, God knows how many titles before Gerard arrived, and um, you know, I think he'll want to finish. The, the, you know the kind of novel that he's creating at Leicester City so I don't think that one's realistically even though I mean no. oh I don't know I don't want to put myself on there again maybe too big a job again for Eddie Howe I think so probably um yeah, you could return someone like Car Carlo Ancelotti maybe a return for Carlo yeah. maybe I don't know um Personally, if I, my ideal scenario would be probably having Frank and JT as number one and number two but I mean, that's not going to happen. So, I can't. I can't answer that one to be honest with you, Charlie. That's a question. That's a cop out from you, mate. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're going, sorry, mate. If we're going like ideal situation, I'd agree with you, boys, mate. I think Brendan Rodgers would be perfect for it. That's ideal. Real, yeah. Realistically, um, if he was to get sacked, I'd be thinking. You look at the managers that are out of work to start with, um, and it's probably between Thomas Tuchel and Max Allegri. Um, you know, kind of a toss-up between those two, um, both proven managers who I think would do well. Um, but if I'm pressed for it, I would think that Tuchel would probably replace him if it came to that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry for the cop-out, boys. I really can't think of anyone on my on my feet. But, um, oh. Yeah, next question then, Charlie. Go on. Well, we've, we've, we've kind of already addressed this, but we can just quickly, in a sentence, address it again. How long, yeah. has, in your opinions, has Frank got to change things around? I'll quickly kick this off. I think he's probably got the next three to five games max to turn things around. Uh, I think the end of the season. No, that's what I look for. What I think, I think and what the board will do is, is different, but yeah. No, I would... that's, that's my personal thoughts, the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. All right, cool. Um... Yeah, we've already done this one. Who do you get rid of in the January window? Yeah, we've gone through that batch UI. Um, players like Alonso, Drinkwater, etc. So we've, we've kind of covered that. Um, this one is moving uh, a little bit more onto international scene. Is Jack Grealish what England have been missing and could he be the difference this summer? Hard to 
hype on him though, isn't it? That's what happened with Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> All that pressure on him. He's obviously, he's got showing great potential, isn't he? But if he's a difference this summer, George, God, I'm not sure about that. What do you think, George? I think, Big state. I don't know, I think, yeah, I think we, we've touched on this before, haven't we, Charlie? I think England missed the boat slightly with the sense of, you know, we had, it's almost unfortunate that COVID's kicked in because we, we've now missed that, that, that wave that we were on where we finally, you know, we, we won the penalty shootout, we got to a semi-final, we were one nil up in that semi-final and then all of a sudden we've missed a tournament and things, a lot of things have changed in the lineup since then. I mean, you know, um, so is Jack Grealish the answer? Look, he's come on leaps and bounds since he's, you know, uh, at Villa, but I don't, I don't like him as a, I mean, I don't know him as a person, but I don't like the fact that he goes down to ground maybe like two seconds. I don't like that. Um, and I don't, I don't even know what I think about England personally. I mean, me and Charlie agree with the sense that I hate international football personally, um, certainly from an England perspective, just because I think even with that World Cup, it was easily, if you actually look at the games we played and the teams we played against, we probably, you know, as soon as we came up with someone half decent who were Croatia, we lose, we lost the game. So, you know... We lost. What didn't we lose to Belgium in the group? Then we got absolutely bashed. Yeah, and the third place playoff, we lost to them as well. So it's like I don't know what to make. Don't get me wrong; it was amazing. I, I saw the things on social media from all of us, like you know, being in you know outside arenas and points going up in the air, and everyone seemed to get that fever again. But is he the answer? I think there's more answers to be uh, had than just Jack Grealish at the moment for England. To be honest with you, but that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I'd agree. Look, he's a he's a he's a big plus certainly, but he's not he's not the missing ingredient to take us from sort of the World Cup semis to being kind of tournament winners. Definitely not. We need a lot more than that for sure. No. Um, next one, we kind of already touched on this, but again, um, I'll just we'll just quickly run for it again. Main issue at Chelsea: team or players? I'll take this one first. I think it's a combination of so not management team or players. Um, I think a combination of the two, the players are not performing to the level that they are capable of performing to. And the management have also got to take some responsibility, either the tactics and, you know, what's being done on the training pitch. Something's sort of getting a bit lost in translation at the moment. So two aren't matching up. Yeah. Ollie, yeah. Anything to add, mate? I could, I could repeat that exactly. It is the combination, isn't it, of the two, really? Um, players aren't performing... We said it before. We don't. We don't quite think the formation is quite right to get the best out of the players. So it's it's a bit of both. That's what I would say. Yeah, it's an easy one to answer, isn't it? It's a combination of both. You know, you need to get. They've all got potential, but Frank Lampard's learning on the job, and you know he needs to work out how to fulfil that potential in the players. So yeah, that's an easy one to answer. It's both. All right, then next one, lads. Um, continuing the Chelsea thing from uh, what what would be considered a successful season from this point onwards. Um, I would say that a successful season for us now is some sort of cup run and getting into the top four. I think the aspirations have dropped quite a bit. So for me, I'd take top four from here and some sort of decent run in a cup. Yeah, I'm very much the same again. <laughs> probably more weighted towards the top four, mm. I'd say. That's probably our main objective. Um, but yeah, very much the same again. So, boys, if he win, if he won a cup but didn't finish top four, is that a good enough season? Uh, from from if a it's a cup, if he won the cup. I, I 
think so, because from a fan's perspective, you want to like, and as a player, at the end of your career, at the end of, you know, the season or and stuff, you want to look back and think, yeah, you know, the boys won the FA Cup. You don't sit back and like think, oh God, do you remember that time when I come, when we come fourth in the league? You look back on what you've won and like you look back on the days out that you've enjoyed as fans. So for me, if it was a toss-up FA Cup or fourth place, I'd have the FA Cup. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. If, if I answer the question, I don't really have any expectations from this point on. I just think, give him to the end of the season regardless of what happens because I think like he's, he even said it in the press conference he said look we we won titles at the end of you know seasons when we went we ended up losing 3-0 away at Middlesbrough and people thought oh you know we've got no chance and then we ended up winning a cup so just give him to the end of the season see what we get um, and then make the decision I think to, to kind of go on this side you, you've got three games left <laughs> is nonsense if you ask me but um, yeah next question <laughs> okay, mate. This one coming from uh, someone we know quite well, Mr. Dave Atkinson. He's uh, he's asked us: hey. um, Are Chelsea a couple of centre halves away from being a top side? And how good is Mendy? Um, I'll quickly take this first. Um, yeah, I think a couple of centre halves away. I would agree. I mean, as much as Thiago Silva's been a great signing for us, it's proper short-term fix. If you look at it, he's probably this season, and we might. Um, activate the option for next season but it'll be 37 next season he probably isn't going to play every game or not going to play very much so I think we are in desperate need of a of probably two top quality centre-halves and before the next question about Mendy boys what do you think do you think we're a couple centre-halves short of being a, like a top side uh, yeah I, I do agree in a way as long as our as long as our signings start performing if you get Havertz and Vern performing and the big players around them, then we, we could be, yeah. That's probably where we're waiting. But <clears throat> one of the big things is, is, is what centre-backs are out there that are available, that are top quality. I don't, that is such a tough, tough place to buy players. I don't know what your thoughts are, George. Yeah, you literally stepped on what I was going to say. I think it's, it's more of the case of, if we try and rectify it, what what realistically is available. I mean, that's why yeah. I think you, your, your two arguments about top four as the main objective is probably you know probably right because if we don't qualify for champions league that then narrows what we can actually attract because people want to play at the top top end you know they want to play european top european football um so yeah i think it's more yeah we need to sort out the back four but there are there are bigger issues it's more like you said ollie it's um if we can actually get the signings that we've made already in place on the mendy front do i see us winning a premier league title with mendy as our keeper no i don't i don't I just I haven't figured him out yet, but I'll give him time. Same as Frank. I can't say give Frank time and then not the keeper. So um, the, the the biggest concern is probably about Kepper and how much we're going to shift him for because we're going to lose a lot of money from him. So uh, that's a shame. But I think he I think Kepper's still a better keeper ability wise than Mendy will be. I just think it just hasn't worked out for him unfortunately at Chelsea. But um, I still think he'll go on wherever club he goes to next and actually perform quite well. So thanks thanks for that one, Dave. Um, last couple then, lads. Um, should refs be mic'd up so we can hear what they are saying, like in other sports, such as rugby? I think you'd have danger. <laughs> Wearing, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, wouldn't you, I think? Yeah. I, I don't think it's that necessary, do you? Um, to be fair, I think, like, I think it'd be good if the refs were mic'd up because purely based on the fact that, you know, managers, players, etc. They have to come out and explain decisions they've made, explain things they've said, yeah. done, etc. So 
you know, if a referee's made a decision, you'd like to be able to hear the reason why he's made that decision. And, you know, you feel a bit more involved in the game. Whereas if you're sitting at home and you're watching it and it's gone to the screen and like the fans aren't really involved in it, you'd like to actually hear why the referee's made that decision. And then, you know, you can actually understand it a little bit better. So I think it would be a, a good step for refs to be mic'd up so you can actually under, so you can actually hear why they've made certain decisions. When you, you know, when you say it like that, it all makes sense, but it's more the uh, can you control footballers not yeah. kicking off? I mean, you know, we've we've seen racist comments come out, you know, um, it would just be constantly censored. I mean, you just wouldn't hear anything, it would be carnage, I think. Uh, you know, what the thing I don't get is I don't understand how it can happen in tennis and, and rugby and everything else, and they have that etiquette and they understand that you know, the captain's the only person that can go and speak to the referee. You know, if you get, if you swear or whatever, or you do something, you're off or whatever. In football, it just doesn't seem to happen. I don't know whether they're because referees are afraid, afraid to take that responsibility on or whether it's just because footballers are, you know, categorised kind of muggish. It's just impossible for referees to control their, you know, what, what do we do? Because every time they do a close-up of a footballer, he's either yeah. spitting, swearing or having a go at the ref pretty much. There's no, there's no one smiling or saying, oh, fair play, good challenge, is it? It's... Not like yeah. be, unfortunately, but it would be difficult with a mic in that situation. I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the abuse the referees yeah. getting in the game? Just it just wouldn't happen. Right then, lads. No. Last, last <laughs> question then to wrap, to wrap it up. Um, quite a good one. This. Um, if you could sign any current footballer for Chelsea, who would it be? Oh. So anyone Gee. currently playing? Current. Uh... Ollie? <laughs> <laughs> um, the first thing that actually springs to mind was Bruno Fernandes. I mean, yeah. what he's actually what he's done with United and dragged them up. I think in the midfield we could do with someone like that because you could have Kante, you could have Kovacic, but you don't have anyone just driving forward, putting those balls through over the top, and and that vision. That, I think that's something that we're lacking in. And he's Premier League proven, obviously. So you just hit the ground running. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but for what I do, I, yeah, that's that's what came to my head straight away. First, firstly, on the spot. I don't know what your thoughts well, It's quite are. an open-ended question, isn't it? Because it's more yeah. about, is it what we need or is it a player that's available that we you know, yeah. is realistic or is it just my personal preference? I'm the same. I'd probably say um, I, the first one that sprung to my mind was um, De Bruyne, just because I would love to have him back at, with mm. the, the quality that he's showing now. I think he would just open up everything for Werner and all the rest of it. Like, he's just unreal. But that obviously isn't realistic. So I don't know if, Charlie, if you've got anyone that is realistic that Chelsea could get. Uh, uh, Harland I've, brings I've, to mind. I've kind of taken this question as just unrealistic and just like, if you could just have anyone. Mate, to be fair... Um, Bonnie? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I'd have to have him, mate. Could you imagine him in a Chelsea shirt? It would just be class. It will be, be one of the best things ever. So, yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, Sorry? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I... I you I, say I, Ronaldo, Charlie? Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah, I, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd have him in, in, in the side. Um, but again, like I say, like realistically, you think if you look at positions we need, then yeah, it'd be... I think we all agree. I think we're massively lacking in creativity in the middle of the park. There doesn't seem to be anything there. Kante's not creative. Kovacic is not very creative. And for all the praise that Mount gets, yeah. 
he's not actually very creative. He scored one goal this season. I don't think he's hardly got any assists either. So I think he's just in there because he works hard. So I think in that three, there's no creativity. So that's why we we need something in there. So yeah, I'd agree with a, a De Bruyne or a Fernandez. If you were being realistic, yeah. positions we need, they would be ideal signings. But you went for an hour there. Are you uh, quick? Is it a quick fire one quickly? Are you Ronaldo or Messi, Charlie? Ronaldo. I'm Messi. Ollie. Oh, I'm Ronaldo. Right, two v one. Okay, so we, we want we want Ronaldo at Chelsea. Two v one. Yeah. Is this the last question, Charlie? How many questions have we got? That was the last one, mate. That was the last one. Well, I think that, you know, I'm quite conscious of time, boys. But um, look, I think that was a great one to kick off the new year. Um, episode 21 of the Blues Brothers podcast. Thank you again, Ollie, for coming on um, on such short notice. We hope to have you on again soon. Um, and also, yeah, thank you to everyone else who brought their questions in. And thank you for the, you know, the constant following and everything. We really appreciate it. We've got new things in the, you know, the pipeline with more guests. We want your thoughts as well. I've got some new software that I'm working on that kind of edits, you know, that I'll, I'll put a snippet of this episode um, for people to view um, later on. And this will also be available possibly tonight, maybe tomorrow morning. Um, Charlie's in charge of the editing there, so I'll leave that with him. But um, thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, hope everyone had a good new year and a good year to come, despite, you know, obviously um, I know it's difficult at the moment, but um, football is still on. And um, thank you all for listening. So from me, it's good night. From Ollie, it's good night. And from Charlie, it's good night. Nah, nice one, lads. Cheers.